NPTE StudyCast. All right, welcome to NPTE StudyCast with Alicia Flock from the University of South Carolina covering multiple sclerosis. Alicia, what is it? Describe multiple sclerosis briefly. Multiple sclerosis is autoimmune process involving white matter of the central nervous system or the myelin of the central nervous system. Remembering that multiple sclerosis is associated with multiple scars may be useful as you're preparing. So essentially there are multiple breaks and inflammation within the myelin that essentially create disruption and the ability for signals to reach their final destination sensory information coming up is disrupted and or motor information leaving the system from a movement perspective is impacted. So now what's involved? You mentioned several anatomical areas of where MS comes into play. What are some of those and and what, what are the causes of MS? The primary areas impacted, remembering that it's only the central nervous system, bigger areas to consider are the cortex, the cerebellum, the brainstem, and the spinal cord. And I'm going to throw a loop in there and say the optic nerve is also commonly impacted, which causes the increase or presence of symptoms. Typically, it will be in a relapsing, which means symptoms increase. And then as the inflammation decreases, symptoms will lessen, may or may not be to its prior level, which is called exacerbation or the influx of symptoms is a relapse. Differential diagnosis. Now, what else could it be? What's a differential diagnosis for multiple sclerosis? I, I feel like an acronym coming on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I cannot take credit for this wonderfully designed acronym. It's from the National MS Society. Presenting signs and symptoms for MS, wide variety of things. Things that it could be other than MS follows the mnemonic vitamins. Vitamins is the mnemonic, so we'll start with the V. What's the V? It could be vascular in nature. There could be small infarcts that are occurring within the central nervous system, even along the spinal cord that could create similar symptoms. And now the I? Could be infectious, things such as Lyme disease, syphilis, HIV, or myelopathy, other forms of inflammation or infectious agents within the central nervous system. T? Traumatic, so spondylitic myelopathy is an example of how there could be trauma to the central nervous system creating similar symptoms. All right, now A? Autoimmune, so we know that there is an autoimmune component to MS, but it won't follow the same pattern that MS does. So examples of other autoimmune processes are central nervous system vasculitis, Cat syndrome of sarcoidosis can also have autoimmune responses that create similar symptoms to MS. Now, M? Metabolic or toxic. This could be deficiencies in vitamin B12 or vitamin B6. It could be due to radiation or hypoxia. All right, the second I in vitamins. Idiopathic, which means I don't really know why. It could be spinocerebellar degeneration, Friedrich's ataxia, and Arnold Chiari malformation. All right, the N in vitamins. Neoplastic essentially means a growth or some sort of tumor in the nervous system, like a lymphoma or a glioma, and there could also be cord compression due to metastases of other originating cancers. And finally, the S. Psychiatric. No specific diagnoses, but there can be psychiatric conditions that have symptoms that will present similar to MS. All right, vitamins, your differential diagnosis for multiple sclerosis. Yes. I'm sorry that that rhymed. (laughs) 
special tests. How to prove it or disprove it. What are your special tests for multiple sclerosis? From a physical therapy standpoint, there's obviously many diagnostic tools that from a medical standpoint that are used that we are not going to include in our practice, such as MRI and lumbar punctures to assess cerebral spinal fluid. But what we're looking for is the presence of central or cerebellar signs. So we know that the central nervous system can be impacted. And so we're looking for things such as hypertonicity, cerebellar signs, which include dysmetria, dysdiadocopenesia, or presence of ataxia. And in my experience, it's often in an unpredictable pattern. So unlike someone that's living with stroke, where the predictable pattern is typically in a um, one portion of their body, so one arm and one leg may be affected following a stroke. Someone with MS may have symptoms that are bilateral in nature, or they might affect one upper extremity. One of the other components to look for are symptoms and how they may fluctuate with relapses or exacerbations where symptoms get worse. You might have periods of worsening symptoms followed by periods of symptom improvement, and they may become temporarily worse with things such as exercise, heat exposure, or under stress. So trying to look for patterns and when symptoms get worse and when symptoms get better can be really important to try to identify if someone is experiencing exacerbation or relapse with MS. Treatment examples. Now, what does a physical therapist do about it? Some treatment examples. There's a variety of ways that we can optimize the movement and function for individuals living with MS. The first thing we need to do, I would say part of this is a little bit of a culture shift, is having early referral to physical therapy so that we can maintain and optimize function early on, which would include things like fall prevention and using cardiovascular exercise at moderate levels of intensity to slow disease progression. Other things we can do is if someone is having trouble with balance or walking, we can use um, remediation. So practice those things um, for improvement. And then if needed, implement or utilize compensatory strategies such as assistive devices to help when they're having higher levels of fatigue or increased levels of symptoms. They may not need it all the time, which would be a little bit of a different approach than someone that may need an assistive device all the time. Finally, making sure that you're addressing fatigue and incorporating that into your plan, as well as heat sensitivity. So using cooling vests and cooling strategies within any exercise or environments that you would expect increased heat exposure. Here's your example question. A patient or client with MS is admitted to an inpatient rehabilitation facility following an acute exacerbation, which the following best describes consideration of a physical therapist when developing interventions for this individual. A. All cardiovascular exercise is contraindicated. B. Cooling strategies, such as the use of a fan, will be important to incorporate into sessions. C, maximal strengthening exercises should be incorporated early into rehabilitation. Or D, improvement is not likely and interventions should be focused on wheelchair seating and positioning. Think about what you would answer. Now we bring in the expert again. Alicia, where are we going with this one? All right. Best answer for this question would be cooling strategies such as use of a fan would be important to incorporate into sessions. You're a winner! Heat is something you want to avoid when working with a patient with multiple sclerosis. 
Yeah, so heat exposure can increase symptoms temporarily. So it can create more fatigue. It can bring on symptoms of weakness or increased sensations, numbness and tingling, et cetera. So especially when exercising, which we're hopefully doing within physical therapy sessions, you want to incorporate cooling strategies to avoid worsening those symptoms and allow them to work a little bit more optimally. Excellent. Now let's review the wrong answers. How about A, all cardiovascular exercise is contraindicated. Don't do any cardio. Okay, so cardiovascular exercise is not contraindicated. The biggest component of this is to incorporate cardiovascular exercise at a moderate level of intensity. And I typically recommend using the Borg scale so that you can try to identify what is moderate for that individual. Please do cardiovascular exercise, but keep it at the moderate level. All right, option C, maximal strengthening exercises should be incorporated early during rehabilitation. So um, this is sort of swinging the pendulum in the other direction. Maximal strengthening exercises would likely not be appropriate early Early on, especially after an acute exacerbation. If you did want to incorporate strengthening during rehabilitation, it would likely need to be at the moderate levels and be built upon as the person was able. And finally, D, improvement is not likely and intervention should be focused on wheelchair seating and position. We should expect some improvement and we should aim for optimizing that individual's function. So prognosis following an acute exacerbation would likely include some sort of intervention and jumping definitively to wheelchair seating and position most likely would not be the best option. Got it. All right. That's all you need to know about multiple sclerosis for the NPTE. NPTE StudyCast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.